This is the Modern Rubbish Podcast with your hosts, Wyatt Koish and David Paha. In this episode, Video Nasties. Enjoy! This, when we did our the, the Beyond episode uh, two weeks ago, the subject of like Video Nasties and this kind of 1980s censorship situation came up and i think on several episodes we've made reference to things like the the kind of moral panic and uh satanic panic and things like that from the 80s and 90s and so then after we finished the beyond episode i realized like oh we didn't actually get into what what that all was yeah in the event that somebody listening doesn't remember it mm. and then so we thought, like, oh, we should probably talk about what that stuff all was. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. There's actually a movie from t- a couple years ago that's about this. And uh, so then that, like, well, let's watch that, and then we can kind of get into it. Yeah, so the video nasties was like this particular phrase, I think, from Mary Whitehouse, right, in Britain mm-hmm. uh, in the, I guess, in the 80s, uh, late 80s or... 83 was the, yeah, so Mary Whitehouse, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if how safe an assumption this is, but I tend to feel like because, because of the people I know personally who I talk to about uh, the occult and horror movies and weird music, we all know the same (laughs) references. Yeah. So Mary Whitehouse is, I think to people like us, the notorious origin of the name of power electronics duo white house yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, right. mary whitehouse was like a sort of religious crusader um i mean we made fun of tipper gore in the new metal episode on, over on patreon that's a if you want to hear us talk about tipper gore you should subscribe to our patreon <laughs> um so mary whitehouse was sort of like British Tipper Gore, but also like extremely Christian. Mm, yeah. Um, and so she had, she launched this whole campaign of like moral outrage about these videos. And so then uh, William Bennett and other guy, uh, fuck, other guy from White House, Pete Best, Peter Best? No, that's the first drummer from the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the... Philip Best. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what it is. William Bennett and Philip Best are the two guys who in the around that time in the 80s started a uh, extremely confrontational, harsh power electronics duo called White House as a way to fuck with her. Yeah. <laughs> um, as yeah. far as I know from the band White House, there's also, was like a porn, porno mag or something that was named the same. Yeah, which... Uh, Either, I mean, the magazine might have taken it from her, you know? <laughs> that would be kind of awesome. Yeah, just to, to stick it to her. <laughs> that'd be that'd be fucking funny. Um, so their name kind of also was a part of that, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the basically the, the gist of it, because this is, so Video Nasties, it was, it was a phrase used specifically in Britain. And so I think like, we over here really only get this become familiar with this phrase when you're when you're into uh weird horror movies or industrial music that's pretty much the context where you'll you'll hear about it and it's always kind of as this crazy thing that happened in the UK 
Yeah. So, but quick explanation of it basically is that um, movies that were released on video rather than uh, in like cinemas didn't have to go through the British Board of uh, Film Classification. So that meant they didn't have to get necessarily get rated and they wouldn't be censored. So if you were trying to get a movie put out in theaters in England, it would have to go through this whole process. But as the 80s brought you know, the advent of home video, there was a way around that that you could make whatever, whatever you want. And if it was only coming out on tape, you didn't have to get it passed by anybody. And so a movie called The Driller Killer by Abel Ferrara is kind of the the movie that sparked this all off. It's not a very good movie. <laughs> I can't imagine these are anything more than just like crazy atmosphere, you know, just The Driller Killer is really boring. Is it? Yeah. They, they had a scene in this movie I think from that. Did they show Yeah. That? Yeah. The movie that will be kind of framing this all around today d- does have a few scenes from excerpts from actual video nasties. So the Driller Killer was a uh, American movie. That's the other thing is that even though this is a thing going on in the UK, most of the movies are American or Italian. Mm. Very few of them were actually like British made movies. Um, so you can imagine that then that starts to become a part of this thing that largely in response to the driller killer which was seen as a kind of new low for depravity that people like Mary Whitehouse were like this is the decay of our civilization this is corrupting our children this is you know these movies coming from overseas are destroying good british values and all that kind of stuff and so there were protests and uh, this sort of plea for, I mean, I've made several references now to the Helen Lovejoy's thing, and Helen Lovejoy is Mary Whitehouse. Won't somebody <laughs> please think of the children? <laughs> yeah. um, that is exactly her vibe. And so what happened was the Driller Killer kind of brought this into the uh, into the spotlight in a way that that movies hadn't before because it was just so blatant, you know, this scene of a guy getting killed with a power drill in his head and blood splurting everywhere. And well, how should I say this? So yeah, basically as a result of that, an actual list was compiled by the censors, by the government that was like, okay, we're taking these off the market. They have to either be severely edited in order to be reintroduced to the market, or they're just straight up banned. And that stayed in effect for a really long time. Hmm. Um, until, what, the end of the 90s? Yeah, I think like even 2000-something. One of the things that was, the thing I was hesitating about, the thing that's funny is that, so the when, when they made this list, some of the movies were current releases or were uh, forthcoming or, because a number of these movies got banned only on the title and the poster, Some of them hadn't even been released, and it was just, no, you can't do that. Mm. But some of them were actually like long, you know, were movies that had come out in the mid-70s and Mm. had been out for, had maybe even gotten at some point a theatrical release, but now people were sort of retroactively saying, oh, we can't do this one anymore. So The Driller Killer was a new movie 
at the time of all this. But as this kind of wave of moral outrage was was brewing, the distributors of a movie called a notorious movie called Cannibal Holocaust that oh, had yeah. come out back in the seventies wrote to Mary Whitehouse as a sort of fake identity complaining about how horrible this movie Cannibal Holocaust was <laughs> in a in a bid to get her to name it in like her outcry yeah and, and so cuz they were thinking man you know people mentioned the driller killer and there's all this outrage and that's great publicity so maybe we if we're going to re-release Cannibal Holocaust this would be an awesome way to do that so Mary Whitehouse did what they incited her to do, and it backfired because that was the thing that then convinced everybody to say, all right, yeah, let's make that list. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so they thought they were being clever. Yeah, they thought they were going to get publicity, but uh, no, no. But they, uh, they, they, <laughs> it was their move that backfired and led oh, to this happen, yeah. happening. Um, so, yeah, like you said, you know, a lot of these movies are... <laughs> pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I do have a list of, I, obviously, the one can find the complete list because there was a, this original list of 72 movies which was followed up by another list of 83 movies. And going through those, you know, a lot of them are very obscure. A lot of them are very bad. Um, but there are a few that I think anybody... Anybody who would be listening to a show like this would know. So maybe maybe I'll just list those. Yeah, yeah. So the way that they broke this down was, like with drugs, <laughs> uh, there's se- there's section one, which were like the worst movies. Oh, wow, and yeah. So it, yeah, so if your movie was a section one, you were getting fined, the movie was getting pulled, copies of it were being destroyed, and in some cases you could go to jail for up to five years. Jesus. Wait, so if you were a British filmmaker? Well, yeah, so obviously if you're like American or Italian, they they have no jurisdiction over jailing you. Right. But they could jail the British distributor. Oh, okay. So if you just run the the company somewhere in England who's buying all of these like Lucio Fulci movies, then you could potentially go to jail for 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 that. Um this also applied to people who ran video stores. Yeah. So even just having a video store and saying like I'll stock the weird stuff that could result in you, you know, losing your business and being f- fined into oblivion, if not yeah. also jailed. So section 1 was the worst ones, the most extreme treatment, and then section 2, they would just be confiscated. They were still they were banned, it was like contraband, but there wouldn't necessarily be the same repercussions. And then there was a sort of nebulously defined section three, which seems like maybe it was like a gray area. I couldn't find a ton about exactly what would put something into section three and not section two. Mm. But so for section one movies, the sort of infamous ones that I could find were Blood Feast. People seem to know about that one. The Burning, which is a kind of... Friday the 13th alike, notable. It's a guy who kills people with like shears, like gardening shears, at a camp, like a Camp Crystal Lake type thing. It's mo- I remember it mostly because it's it might be Jason Alexander's first role. Really? Yep. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he is he is very he plays uh like a camper, so he's clearly supposed to be like 15 and he's definitely like 26. <laughs> um but he has like a full head of hair and he's oh. like 
Oh, it's I, very think, funny. I think I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen this though. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. I remember really? it being it, it was one of those like watching it on Netflix, like when Netflix first first came out and being like, huh. This one was actually like this might actually be better than the first Friday the Thirteenth. Really, oh. for for being a similar zone. Um, also, section one we've got Cannibal Ferox and Cannibal Holocaust. Those are both extremely well known, um, you know, mondo exploitation cannibal movies. Obviously, the Driller Killer, as we've referenced, um, Faces of Death. Oh yeah, which we all seem to know about that one. It's not real. Yeah, that was always the thing. Yeah, I think there. I think Faces of Death wasn't real deaths, but it was you know sort of uh, marketed as that. But then there was another one that came out where that was actual, like actual uh, footage of people dying. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that being like the the sort of rumor when I was a kid that Faces of Death was like, bro, it's all real. And that made, of course, was like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I like horror movies. I don't want to watch that. Yeah, it's it just it's pretty gruesome. But then there was like a famous scene of them like eating a monkey's brain or something. Uh, and I don't think that was actually real. But uh, but it was like a famous scene that freaked me out when I was a kid. You know. Yeah. I didn't watch it when I was like like a kid kid. But then I saw scenes later on and was like, ah, oh, yeah. I don't think this is real. But. I mean, did you ever? Like, I feel like this kind of blends in my mind. When you were doing driving school as a teenager, did you have to watch any of those like red asphalt or like oh, <laughs> those movies that would be like yeah. a compilation of accidents to scare you? Yeah, uh, no, I never watched that, but there is that. Yeah, like, I don't think I did either. There's that hilarious scene from uh, uh, what is it, Metalocalypse? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. the driving school teacher, and it's like, <laughs> it's like it is. What is it? The, he says in the video. He's like, he puts on the driving. He's like, it is the brutalist or something like yeah. that. <laughs> it is brutal. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. That scene is fucking hilarious. But no, I've never. They never forced me to see that shit. I did go to driving school, and I remember one. They would show me the dumbass videos that were like dramatized. I think that's what I saw too. And they were always so fucking bad. Like, like, yeah. Kids, I remember the scene of kids like driving in two separate cars and then one trying to hand a kid in another car a chicken leg. (laughs) And then it goes horribly wrong, you know. I'm like, why the fuck are you trying to do that? You know, that's ridiculous. But that does, does make me think like, as much as I want to, as much as I always want to be like, man, all that stuff that they were trying to scare us about was nothing, and like we were all sane. And like when you're describing that, I was suddenly remembered a time when I was a teenager that me and several of my friends got into two cars and drove them up and down my friend's dead end street, throwing throwing meat at each other. <laughs> Like and my the other car was a minivan and so like they had the side door open. <laughs> One dude was like hanging out the side, like like whipping baloney at my car. <laughs> and then there were dudes in the back of my car, like throwing hot dogs. <laughs> and we were just driving back and forth, like whipping meat at each other. Is it like it's like a meat joust? 
It was meat jousting. <laughs> meat jousting, nice. <laughs> so I, I want to th- say, no, we were all sane and every, this was all this temporal <laughs> panic. And then I'm like, well, we did do that. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we not, my friend and I almost tipped over his van doing circles in a parking lot in the snow once. <laughs> and that was pretty sick. We went onto like two wheels once. And it was oh, like, wow. holy shit, that was crazy. All right. That was oh my it. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the I guess these videos are warranted. But that class was yeah. hilarious because it was totally like it was totally like these I, I like the class that I went to with with, with these these kids who were much much harder than I was. <laughs> you know, I was like, I went, you know, I was like, got caught going 11 over or something like that. So I was sitting in the back just quietly. But I remember kids just being like, man, I drive better when I'm drunk. <laughs> you know, and the teacher, and the teacher being this kind of like, 50 year old woman being like no 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 you you shouldn't no you can't be saying that and they're like man yeah dude it's like when i'm drunk i'm like trying to be safe because i don't want to get caught you know so i'm like driving better when i'm drunk and i'm just like holy shit and i but i remember i thinking back i'm like wow that teacher like just there was no there was no getting control of this class and the whole thing was just completely pointless <laughs> wow yeah just driving school when you get a ticket i do remember my my friends in germany you can't get a driver's license in germany until you're 18 but you can drink at 16 and so i remember my one of my friends there going to driving school and telling me that there was a day when they were like okay we've got a bunch of beer you guys are gonna drink beers and try to drive this car <laughs> to teach him, <laughs> yeah. Where they had like a parking lot. It was like it's it's as safe as you know. You're in the car with like the multiple, <laughs> where the driver, the seat, the 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 seat next, the passenger seat has the extra set of pedals. So it was like, oh, the teacher can like override you and like stop the car or whatever. But they were like, okay, drink a beer and drive the car. Yeah. Okay, now drink another one and drive the car. Oh wow. Yeah. Like, and that the it was like try to get you familiar with actually like, okay, this is, you know, you, you, you're going to think you're fine, but yeah. this is what it's going to be like. So that then the idea being that you would, it wouldn't be this abstract thing of like, you know, what would drunk driving be? You'd be like, oh, I know what that's like. Yeah. And it is harder than I thought. Yeah, right. And yeah. That's so. actually not that bad of an idea. <laughs> I mean, like real world, real world, like reference, you know? It struck me at first as like what, but then like that's actually kind of kind of smart. Yeah, because kids don't like, they won't know. They're just like, nah, it'll be all right until they get fucking hammered and then drive. And then it's too late. You're like, yeah, like Bra you're Man, on the freeway, like Brahman Brubri, <laughs> <laughs> who drove, who got wasted, stole his this kid I knew got wasted, stole his friend's car and got into a head-on collision with a police car officer. <laughs> oh my lord. I want to say when you told me about that, that the guy was like telling you this story or, or telling someone this story and it was like, no, you're going to jail. Oh yeah, that was my other friend. Like visited him in the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> after the accident. 
he was all like, bro, this is so crazy. And it's like, no, you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he fully realized. <laughs> like, oh my God. Dude, dude bro, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, no I, if, idea if this is interesting to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, if they had a video like that for driving school, then I'd I'd be like, hmm, okay, I'm gonna listen. Brahman Brubri got into the accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, now I know. Now I know what's going on. Oh yeah. yeah. But long, long I, mean, I do. Yeah. Oh no, no. Sorry. What was it? <laughs> no, go ahead. Long story short, they don't. They don't do this in Britain. <laughs> no, Britain. They're not. They're not. They're not giving kids beers and teaching them to drive. I don't think they do. I don't think they're showing them red asphalt. I don't think they're no, no, no. Um, okay, so back to the section one <laughs> video nasty list. So yeah, Faces of Death uh, was on there. Yeah, House by the Cemetery, Lucio Fulci movie that we've mentioned mm. uh, at least twice. Um, I spit on your grave. Oh, yeah. Kind of the the most. I spit on your grave and Last House on the Left. So the two sort of most famous. Um, like rape revenge movies. I Spit on Your Grave was one of the most like iconic VHS covers of my youth. <laughs> yeah, that poster, that cover is is iconic. Yeah, and I never knew what it was, but I just always like walking up and down the aisles would look at the VHS covers, you know, and then kind of sneak glances at the ones that you're not supposed to look at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh it was funny um Maybe this is like the most American thing in the world, but like at the video store, there was that by my house growing up, there was the at the very back, you know, was the the beaded curtain separating the regular store from the porn section. And right before that was like the horror cave that was like it wasn't styled like a cave, <laughs> but it was its its own um, sort of alcove blocked off from the from the rest of the store. And so I would always go to the horror cave and and look at stuff there. And it was just funny how the porn section was, I'd be lying if I said I didn't ever try to like sneak a peek in the porn section, but I was like way more curious about what Hellraiser was Mm. than about like actually getting a peek at the porn. Yeah, and I say that that might be the most American thing because of the like, well, yeah, because it's violence. <laughs> and like, we're all scared of sex and we love violence. Yeah, like, I know. That's it's the... totally. Yeah. There's like, there's like a Paul, uh, what's his name? Paul Verhoeven? Is that the? Mm-hmm. The that Robocop guy? Robocop director. He's got a quote about that, in, uh, which I, I don't remember, but he's just talking about like, uh, I mean, because his movies are super violent. And I think his thing was that he could do that in America, but to do a movie about sex or anything like that was just incredibly like, no, no, no. We draw the line for some reason, even though sex is like this most natural, it's it's like the beauty and it's the circle of life, you know? (laughs) I guess the circle of life is animals dying. It's the lion king. (laughs) It's the lion king. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, uh, clearly, an entire generation of furries had their like uh, awakenings watching The Lion King. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but yeah, no, but it, it's like, why are we so uptight about sex, which is 
a completely chill thing. You know, it's bringing life life into this world, you know. Or it's just fun. Or it's just straight up fun, yeah. Like, but then we're totally chill with like horrible, horrible torture <laughs> and dismemberment and gore and things like that. Yeah, I don't. I would imagine if it's Verhoeven, he would have been probably talked, this would have been probably when um, Showgirls came out. Yeah, I think it might have been around in response to that. Yeah, if you think about like how, um, if you, I mean, RoboCop just like, the scene when when the 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 robot the the I forget the the model number of it but the like ATAT looking like robot thing that they are trying to either replace RoboCop with or introduce yeah. alongside like when it shoots up the boardroom mm-hmm. and it's just so much fucking so many squibs so it's such a long scene of this dude just getting torn apart yeah. by bullets yeah and that. RoboCop is rated R, and Showgirls is NC-17. Yeah. And Showgirls is, I mean, still has, like, some, it has some sexual violence and some properly dark stuff in it, but you feel like, oh, that's not why it's NC-17. It's NC-17 because there's fucking in it. Mm. Like, even the fun, consensual fucking in Showgirls was enough to get it an NC-17, where RoboCop can show as much horrible violence like a yeah. dude literally melting <laughs> in robot. Yeah. it's like brutal <laughs> them blowing his arm off with a shotgun you know like this 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 like crucifying him with bullets yeah like i'm actually i'm i wondered did robocop how was that handled in britain well it didn't come up in any of this so because no. it's a particularly it like, violent movie but it's like a classic you know that might have i mean one thing i i am not sure about is how much um like, there's always corruption in this kind of stuff. You you have a, a moral situation where somebody, oh, we got to have a list and board and censors or whatever, but you always know that somebody with enough money is going to be able to get their thing through. And so it's like looking at the list of all the stuff that did get put on the Video Nasties lists, it's, it's basically all indie movies, what would now be known as indie movies. Yeah. Uh, back then would have been, you know, either foreign, very low-budget uh, either exploitation movies or like art movies. Yeah, like di- direct-to-video kind of stuff. A lot of direct-to-video stuff or things that maybe had gotten a theatrical release in uh, another country, mm. but then were being sent to England uh, as tapes. Um, so it does make me think that like RoboCop being, I don't know what studio produced RoboCop, but that that was a proper Hollywood movie. So then I kind of wonder if there was some possibility of like, Oh, you know, uh, Paramount or whoever is gonna like slip the censors some cash, kind of like mm, yeah. it's hey, it's RoboCop, it's a big movie, we got a lot riding on this, yeah. like yeah, right. You know where Lucio Fulci couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, right. That you know, that that makes sense actually. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing. Like it's that's whatever I have to say to not get sued. Like allegedly, I don't know. But, yeah, um, but it does make sense. Yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised to discover that. If you had a real studio behind you, they were able to grease some palms and make this stuff go away. Right. Um, so the last notable movie I have on the section one list is is Zombie Lucio Fulci. Oh, so a yeah. bunch of things we've we've talked about in the past. Notable movies on section two. So the you wouldn't go to jail for these, but they would still get thrown in a bonfire or whatever. Uh, the Beyond. 
so the movie that inspired this for us, mm. um, Dead and Buried, which was one that like that poster, that was like a huge video store fantasy poster for me as a, as a kid was seeing that one being like, what the fuck is that movie? It, it looks like a magic card, basically. Nice. <laughs> it's like a, like a landscape with like a weird dead face coming up out of the earth and just really, really evocative and doesn't tell you anything about what the movie is actually going to be. It's just really, really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it rules. Um, so Dead and Buried, then The Evil Dead, Sam Raimi, that was one. Mm. Um, Dario Argento's Inferno was on there. Uh, the Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, that's another really, uh, in this pool of 70, weird 70s zombie movies that I really like, that's, that's one of them. Um, and then Possession by Andrei uh, Tsivovsky. So oh, like a full-on art movie. Yeah. yeah, with Sam Neill and Isabella Johnny. Yeah. So that one's very clearly, like that's a continental European art movie. That's yeah. not like, um, not somebody's sleazy tape thing. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe, that that's a good illustration of how kind of fickle this could be, that you got the driller killer and you got possession and you think those are probably <laughs> coming from very different places. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then section three, which is kind of uh, hazily defined, but basically was the lowest penalty for this, has a, a, a bunch of fucking classics on it. Dawn of the Dead, mm. uh, Deep Red, Profondo Rosso, Dario Argento movie, fucking Foxy Brown with Pam Greer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> She's just too foxy. Yeah. <laughs> England couldn't handle Pam Greer. <laughs> um, both the first and second Friday the 13th movies. Uh, Hills Have Eyes by Wes Craven. Uh, Martin, another George Romero movie. Mausoleum, which is another one I remember mostly for the poster. That's the only reason I wrote it down here was, fuck, that poster rules. Mm. Um, Night of the Living Dead. Mm. They retroactively, they went all the way back. <laughs> Damn. And yeah. banned Night of the Living Dead, a black and white movie. Um, Phantasm, which we've taught, at least referenced mm -hmm. before, but was yeah. a big one for me. Um, then Rabbit and Scanners, both David Cronenberg mm. movies. Suspiria, the original Suspiria by D Dario Argento. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper. And uh, The Thing, John Carpenter. Really? Yeah, The Thing was a fucking video nasty. Wow. Um, and then there's three other relevant movies that were not video nasties. They weren't caught up in this. Uh, they weren't uh, listed on those specific uh, lists, but they were banned at the same time. Would be Maniac, fairly notorious, you know, uh, sleazy horror movie. The New York Ripper, so another Lucio Fulci movie, and Straw Dogs. Um, Wait, Sam Peckinpah, the, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, because it's like they're criminals. It's a rape and revenge movie. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's, that movie really—that was a very upsetting movie. I, I didn't, haven't seen it in a while. I have seen it, but I don't remember it at all. I remember that was one where, like, my friend in one of my friends in high school. I'm probably going to edit part of this. I'm probably going to edit all of this out. So fuck it. Um, yeah. His older brother. We would. He was like the 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 source for like the art movie he was like two years older and so he was like oh you know i got a bunch of criterion dvds and stuff and so he would uh i remember him saying like you got to watch straw dogs like this movie's crazy and 
and me being like, hell yeah, that's going to be like, oh, it's the guy who made the, the fucking Wild Bunch. Like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then being like, oh, this is actually really upsetting. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is like a, a bummer. <laughs> Anyways, so Straw Dogs. Um, and then this weirdly, there was this other weird category of movies that were not, neither Video Nasties nor actually banned, but if you were a distributor or a video store and you had them and you got busted for something else, these would get taken too. Mm. And the notable ones on that are Basket Case. Oh, yeah. The awesome, I don't even know what you would call Basket Case, but just incredible movie Basket Case. (laughs) Um, And then City of the Living Dead. So all three of the Fulci Gates of Hell movies were uh, put on bonfires in England. And then there are three famous movies that are often listed, uh, included when people talk about the Video Nasties lists, but weren't actually on it and were not banned. And that would be Clockwork Orange, hmm. not not banned, not a Video Nasty, um, The Exorcist, not not one, and Scum by Alan Clark, which I'm sure will come up when we talk about Pendus Fen with Steven. Okay, so that's an hour to describe what video nasties are, and I probably failed at doing that. Anyway. (laughs) You did a nasty job. (laughs) A nasty, nasty job. It's just such a stupid fucking thing to have happened (laughs) that trying to talk about it is, like, maddening. Well, I think, like, what makes me laugh about it is, like, you can't, you can't stop it. Because guess what happened? Oh, you get like power electronic bands who are like, yeah, you banned all this stuff. We're going to use all that material and more for our lyrics. <laughs> you know? And you listen to the White House album and it's just like brutal, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and so like, but so much art comes out of it. Throbbing Gristle, I wonder if they, I wonder how much they were inspired by that kind of stuff, you know? Well, that actually, I had some, some of that, some Throbbing Gristle stuff in my notes. Mm. Um because this might have been how I first heard about the Video Nasties was in reference to uh, specifically Topi, the Temple of Psychic Youth. Mm, so the, yeah. the explicit occult order founded by Genesis P. Orridge of Psychic TV and Throbbing Gristle. I remember there being, so, like, reading something years ago about, like, why, like, oh, he had to get out of England because of some, like, obscenity charge or something like that. And so this happened uh, as a result of the kind of... He wasn't implicated because he's not a filmmaker, wasn't implicated in any direct video nasty stuff, but the sort of climate of censorship and moral panic that was birthed by the Mary Whitehouse, uh, Margaret Thatcher, video nasties era led to, uh, in 1992, a Channel 4 documentary show called Dispatches aired a segment claiming to have discovered videotapes of Genesis P. Orridge doing, like, ritual sexual abuse. Mm. Uh, and that they were, oh, look how, you know, see this this guy, we've always been unsure about his artistic activities. Now he's actually, you know, been a, a he's a confirmed pest, sex pest or whatever. <laughs> sex pest. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite particularly British term for, yeah. for this. Yeah. Um, so then it says, police from the Obscene Publications Squad, which is just a great name. <laughs> That's apparently a real um, real unit of the 
Scotland Yard. <laughs> I'd love to see a TV show made about them. Like, yeah, like like, a, like an NYPD blue. Yeah, or like NCIS or whatever that shit that like everyone's <laughs> mom is watching now. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but about the obscene publication squad. <laughs> or I kind of like the idea that they're like a they're like a public enemy bomb squad, like they publish obscene things. <laughs> that they're like, hell yeah. yeah. We're the obscene publication squad. <laughs> yeah. yeah we... <laughs> they flip it and it becomes a positive thing. Nice. <laughs> um, so the obscene publication squad raided Genesis's home and confiscated, quote, several tons of art. <laughs> Uh, they did this while he wasn't there. I remember this is in the uh, David Keenan book, England's Hidden Reverse, that mm. Genesis's house was at the time like the Topi, the Magical Order's headquarters, and so it was populated by other members of the organization. Genesis wasn't there. He was ironically in Thailand doing famine relief work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Which is very funny. That particularly man. a particularly evil activity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so apparently um, back in, in England, people sort of told him, hey, maybe don't come back mm. because we don't know what's going to happen with, we don't know what's going to happen with this uh, raid and this whole, you know, obscenity charge and, and all that. So he stayed in Thailand, ended up in the U.S. or whatever. But so then um, it was subsequently revealed that the footage obtained did not depict child abuse. Instead, it's a video artwork titled First Transmissions that had been made in the early 1980s, partially funded by Channel 4 itself. Hmm. The footage depicted sex magic rites between adults, bloodletting performances, and scenes of the filmmaker Derek Jarman reading passages from the work of Jeffrey Chaucer. Hmm. Embarrassed by these revelations, Channel 4 retracted its accusations. Oh, wow, because they realized they funded it. <laughs> <laughs> they, not only was it not... Genesis killing children in a yeah. pentagram or whatever, but that they had actually funded yeah. the art film yeah. that they confisc that they got confiscated. Yeah. Um, so the answer is yeah, the 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 greater throbbing gristle world was definitely uh, affected by this. Yeah. And so wait, when did that happen? I wonder like what that was ninety two. Ninety two. Okay, yeah. But the movie, the the first transmissions was from the early '80s, so they would have made that around the time this stuff was happening. Yeah, and then it just because this was this whole thing was seems like it was. I mean, some of this is like in my memory, but that this was really like a ball that kind of got rolling as the '80s turned into the '90s. The ball of like, oh, there's there's all this art is going to corrupt you. Oh, the neighbors are actually Satanists. Yeah. Oh, the the, the teachers are running a weird cult and like, I don't know, just that feels like it's the same kind of ball that got started in the earlier eight, early to mid eighties with looking for backwards messages in Judas priest yeah. lyrics or that kind of shit. And then, yeah. then it took a decade to become full on. Yeah. 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 And like, I think Led Zeppelin albums too, were supposedly had satanic messages, yep. which is, is, Great because um, you know Led Zeppelin had all that occult iconography because of Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page, you know, Jimmy Page owned Bolskin House. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So uh, I mean, yeah. But um, I was also I was thinking the other day about Knights in Satan's Service. Oh, Kiss. Yeah, I was I was wondering. I was like, who 
first came up with that and how? Like, did the band actually come up with that and then, you know, put it out like, you know, sort of publicity, no bad publicity kind of thing? Or did yeah. someone just like have this moral revelation that, oh, the band is actually Satanists? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, <laughs> I don't know. It, because also, when I was a kid and I, I heard Nate, like, Knights and Satan's service, I was like, damn, Kiss might be like weirder than I thought, like cool. And then I listened to them and I'm like, no, they suck. (laughs) The Kiss totally sucks, dude. Like, (laughs) they're not fucking metal at all. Like, so I don't, yeah. I was like, Jesus, you know. Whereas like Black Sabbath was doing like real sick shit. But I mean, but Black Sabbath lyrics are hilarious because there's the one, they're kind of like anti-Satan. What is it? Like the... There's one like it's like about it actually what I wonder what lyrics those are because those might be like one of the original Illuminati kind of like you know it's like it might be war pigs even like it's about like rich warmongers stealing. It is war pigs. Is it war pigs? When is yeah like black evil minds that plot destruction? Yeah, something something world's corruption. Yeah. Right? Yeah, something like that. And you know everything rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> like everything literally <laughs> like rhymes one to one. Like yeah. but uh yeah, it's like Satan laughs or in black robes and you know in masses, black masses, or something like that. You know, it's like it is just like wishes generals gathered in their masses, just like witches at black masses, evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. Yeah. In the fields, the body's burning as the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind, poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah. (laughs) Politicians hide themselves away. They only started the war. Why should they go out to fight? They leave that role to the poor. I mean, it's not wrong. No, no, it's it's anti-war. It's sort of like Bob Dylan, I guess, but... But, uh, Time will tell on their power minds, making war just for fun, treating people like pawns in chess, wait till their judgment day comes. Now in darkness, world stops turning, ashes where the body's burning. No more war pigs have their power, hand of God has struck the hour. Day of judgment, God is calling, on their knees, the war pigs crawling, begging mercy for their sins, Satan laughing spreads his wings. Hmm. So it is pretty, like, I mean, this came up in that, that, um, that Andrew O'Neill History of Metal book was like the, the observation that whenever Ozzy slash Black Sabbath invoke the name of Satan, it's always like, oh no. Yeah. It's always like, oh fuck, Satan's here. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, be cool. Be cool. Satan's, Satan's here. He's, he's coming, dude. Just be cool. <laughs> like, fuck. fuck. Just, maybe you won't notice us. <laughs> Where other bands are like, my lord satan yeah right you know right welcome yeah. we invoke thee like yeah and i was thinking about it with like with cra- the crazy train lyrics how like positive they are i don't actually well not to cut you out i don't remember the crazy train lyrics but um he does have these like super positive things and like the his solo career with mr mr crowley which he says mr crowley he pronounces wrong yeah mr crowley uh and it, and he's all just about like you evil man spreading your evil ways, you know, you'll get what's coming to you kind of thing. And I was like, wow, you like you just never read any of his stuff or like he learned didn't anything. Get it, yeah, he know. didn't get it at all. Yeah. It is uh, one of those like very confusing how like Ozzy has, you know, was a I mean, he's not dead, but like mm. was a such a great singer and a part of so many great things, but also is generally very clueless about yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so crazy, crazy, but that's how it goes. Millions of people living as foes. Maybe it's not too late to learn how to love and forget how to hate. Oh, yeah. I've listened to preachers. I've listened to fools. I've watched all the dropouts who make their own rules. One person conditioned to rule and control. The media sells it. You live the role. I'm going off the rails on a crazy train. Like, Did, did Ozzy write that? Because I know in Black Sabbath, all the lyrics were Keezer Butler, I think. Let's see. It says it's Ozzy. Is it? Yeah, so his solo stuff, he probably, he wrote that shit. Yeah, it says written by Osborne, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes, and Bob Daisley. Oh, so. So. Who, like, yeah, music, music and Daisley lyrics. Is, but I don't know that either. Yeah. It's in, like, uh, what are the, if, what's that when you jumble the letters? Spell Satan. <laughs> I don't know, Robert knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Satan. Oh, it's Satan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there is that thing, like, I forget what it's called, but there's there's a Mogwai song off of um, Rave Tapes that samples, like, a, a Christian piece of media talking about the backmasking in Led Zeppelin songs. Mm. And like doing the analysis of like, look, if you play Stairway to Heaven backward, this is what it says. And there does seem to be like a, a solid current within like greater idiotic Christiana, Christiana or whatever you would call it. Like, <laughs> like, like Bible code shit where people mm-hmm. have like the most diluted form of like gematria. yeah. Where they just they're like they have that basic idea of like oh there's a hidden message in something but they lack like all subtlety or yeah nuance or actual like exegetical skill yeah right so they just end up with like well my kid likes this band called Kiss and and I don't like the look of them and the pastor says there's something wrong with it so K I S night Kings in sexual Sadism, no. Uh, uh, Knights in Satan's service. Yeah, right. there we see it's a hidden message. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I assume that's probably how it went, which is just silly because then that probably just made them more popular. That's the thing that yeah. always happens. Like, yeah. I mean, I do think that there's something telling in the uh, the move that the like cannibal Holocaust producers made by thinking oh if we let's get mary whitehouse to denounce us so that then our movie will sell better yeah is like that's a pretty canny strategy yeah oh, like yeah. that works yeah it's actually a surprise that it backfired did it work for them in other countries though did like the video nasties list i i don't think well obviously i don't know how much news crossed uh borders back then like it does now like yeah, the way that we read daily news in your hometown, we read daily news in every country. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I know what's going on everywhere all the time. If I could just pick yeah. up my phone, um, but back then they probably didn't, so it probably bombed their, uh, like it bombed them in England, maybe. Yeah, but it might have benefited them, like in the U.S. or something, because then yeah. people find out. If oh just, shit, this got yeah. banned in England. Yeah, through word of mouth and through whoever like carries that culture around, you know. Uh, yeah, between between countries and friends, you know, correspondences. You know, who knows? Yeah, I mean that kind of like I I have heard. <clears throat> uh, I want to say that this came up in the the memoir I read of David J from Bauhaus. 
that like when they first toured in the U.S., one of the draws was the ability to get weird tapes. Mm. Was like, oh, we're in America, you know, in 1985. Like I can get you know weird movies that I've never been able to see. Yeah, in England. Yeah. So it could even have like, I feel like if not, I'm not sure. I'm genuinely not sure if if any movies benefited financially from being on the Video Nasties list, but I'm sure a lot of them benefited in terms of reputation. Yeah. Well, see, the, the thing that I think about with that, too, is like right now we live in a culture where pretty much everything is, like everything's chill in terms of like censorship. It's kind of hard to censor everything that's coming out just because... <laughs> I mean, people, I mean, even on YouTube, people literally post horrific stuff and it takes time for YouTube to catch it and bring it down. So there are literally things like that happening when we're trying to block harmful content, you know. But like, they don't even have time to block artistic content. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm not seeing it properly. But, you know, and like everyone in the world is looking at porn, <laughs> like, you know, because it's everywhere, you know? So, like, I don't know, like, a part of it, like, when you're saying the Bauhaus thing, there's, like, this kind of, like, uh, what would you call it? Like, adventure or, like, excitement in going over there and being like, oh, shit, th- these are all these banned videos. I can get these now. Yeah. You know, because it was, like, hidden from you. And even if the movie sucks, it's still kind of a gem. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh shit, this is cool. This is my favorite tape, and I'm gonna go home, and I'm gonna show my friends, you know, and they're gonna be like, holy shit, you got that, you know. So there's there's some actual like, when people censor and do that stuff, it makes it more adventurous and beautiful in certain ways, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I support cens- censorship at all because it's just stupid, you know. Yeah. Um, there are a number of ways to corrupt people, and art is probably one of the least. I don't know. Yeah, you know, like. Oh yeah. Art I seems, mean, yeah, way more therapeutic to me when people can express themselves through art. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was thinking about this. Like, yeah. I mean, okay. The 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 short version of is of course we're not into censorship. There, that's the yeah, that's yeah. the answer. <laughs> um, I dabbled a little bit in yeah. my twenties, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, no, not for me. I'm. No, nope, change going, my uh, wicked ways. Exactly. I'm going to change my straight laced ways. Straight laced ways. I'm going to go buy some White House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like, part of this is, you know, part of it, it, it just occurs to me that it's, it's like in the way you've just talked about it, is there's the angle that censorship at this point is stupid because it's just futile, because there's no way to fully halt the flow of media. Mm. Um, even if you, I mean, even when you do effectively ban a book when you're like Florida and you ban some thing because it's about gay kids or whatever, and you, it's like what you were just saying, like what you're doing right now is, I mean, number one, the internet exists. So if somebody is motivated enough, you can physically be in fucking Tallahassee or whatever, and you can be like, yo, dudes in Chicago and Vancouver and whatever, yeah. can you give me a PDF of this book? Yeah, right. And you can get it. If somehow, like I was just in Egypt and the internet is very restricted there, but um, even in a situation like that, there are ways. There are ways to get things, you know, um, from 
well, this person who got the thing isn't in the place where it's banned and they gave it to me. So there's sort of that that angle that it's just futile, but then also it's the, the thing that in general, banning or restricting something makes it more enticing to a certain perspective. Yeah. That putting, thinking about the video store that I went to as a kid, you know, you're, you're in this video store and there's the new releases and then there's the horror nook that I've talked about and there's like the comedies and there's action movies or whatever. There's only one section in the video store that has like a, like a rainbow beaded curtain and a big neon sign that says adults only. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, when you try to go in there, people say, no, no, no. But then a weird sweaty guy <laughs> can go in and like, <laughs> or a very normal, I'm not trying to shame anybody who's <laughs> a very normal person yeah. can go in. And, but there's only one section of the video store that's identified as like, hey, look over here. And you're like, I'm looking. And then it's like, don't look over here. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck? Now I yeah. want to know what's back there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And that the more you the more you restrict it, the more you say, like, no, you can't listen to Cannibal Corpse. You can't watch Hellraiser. You can't read Aleister Crowley. You know, you whatever. It makes a certain type of person more interested in reading it. Um, but then I also, so, so yeah, for the most part, censorship is futile. Um, yeah. So even sidestepping the question of should you, should there be an impulse to censor things, you basically just say, well, at this point, there's no point. Yeah. It's not going to work. But I was thinking like earlier today about the fact that, um, get the checklist out because I'm about to mention 9-11, so <laughs> podcast <laughs> bingo. <it> <laughs> We've talked about 9-11. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I was thinking about the fact that, like, that was just on TV. Mm. You know, that it was, like, I was just watching TV, like, that, I don't know how long, but for what felt like forever after that, it was just on TV. Yeah. Um, and And it's sort of abstracted in the sense that, like, you know, you you just see a building hit a tower and a plume of smoke and whatever, but you're like, that's hundreds, if not thousands, of people dying. Yeah, yeah, it's literally faces of death. <laughs> and then, the, then that the infamous, yeah. you know, the thing that in the small list of things that will that took second check on the bingo board for mentioning Radiohead <laughs> um, that. When I'm at the pearly gates, this will be on my videotape. Is is the the guy falling? You know, is the mm. on nine eleven? Is the the people falling from like jumping out the windows? Yeah, and that was just on TV. Yeah, you know that was just, and I feel like this comes up. You know, I've I've become such a like media hermit in a lot of ways that I'm not aware of any of this stuff like uh, viscerally, but like I'm I am aware that lots of footage of like the war in Ukraine exists and Palestine, and uh, lots of horrible, horrible stuff. Much, 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 much worse yeah. than anything you would see in a movie or read in a book or hear on a record gets shown on the news. Yeah. And because it's, there's this idea that like, oh, because, or fuck, even the, the picture from the Vietnam War, the guy with getting... Oh, about, like about to get executed. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, I feel like it took way too long for it to connect with me how horrifying that is. Yeah. 
how like that's one of the worst things that you can that you can see and yet that picture is in our history books yeah and i and th- i think this is the thing is i don't necessarily think that that should not be in the history books or that this should not have been on the news but i do think that there's something very there is a very strange disconnect <laughs> in people yeah. who are like Oh no no no! But see, it's fine to watch footage of like uh, the U.S. invasion of Iraq mm. on the news because that's real. And you say, wait. So then, why? What's wrong with me watching Hellraiser? Well, because it it could become real. <laughs> like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, right, right. How is that going to become real? Yeah. I cut my finger open the other day and blood pooled on the floor here. It went into the floor- floorboards and no goo man came out of the floorboards. <laughs> I am not seducing men in my, in my house right now trying to bring my husband's brother back to life. <laughs> so I think Hellraiser lied to me about yeah. what I could accomplish with blood. And I have an entire room of occult books upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> and this has not happened. Yeah. And so there's just this bizarre thing that people will say like, "No, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't watch these people fucking. No, you shouldn't watch this movie about interdimensional demons. But if you're going to watch someone explode on CNN, that's fine because that just happened." Yeah. To a real person. Yeah. Everyone who starred in Hellraiser was fine. That guy who just exploded, he's not fine. Yeah. <laughs> he exploded. <Right. laughs> but I'm like, is this backwards? Yeah, is, right. This is this is backwards, right? Like Yeah, uh yeah, dude. And like because I like the news is like, oh, we have to show you because this is going to change your life, possibly. You know, 9-11 was like the whole world's going to change. I remember my mom like being like we're going to war. This Oh, I thought so too. We're f- like this is fucking crazy. And then me being like what the hell would just happen? I don't even know, you know. I yeah. was a freshman in, in high school and it was like um yeah, like I yeah, it's strange. It's the it's the superstition of moral corruption. Watching watching what people did to us you know, like the enemy, air quotes here, the enemy, what the enemy did to us almost like justified us in like as godly people, you know, Mm. it united us under God. Like, look at, look at how evil these other people are and look at, you know, watch, like, don't turn away. Look at how evil they are. And now we can, now we have the right to go and fight back kind of thing. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not saying that that was initial. I, I'm not saying that that was actually like, um, like conspiratorially planned. To it's probably instinctual. Yeah, just how our society has been running for so long, and you know, we we will naturally show the images that unite us against a common enemy because we do that anyways. We do that in our politics, right? Like even even again, like. Republicans are united together against the common enemy of, uh, you know, Democrats. Leftists. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, fucking, you know, who are the leftists, like the militant leftists that they blame everything on? I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even care. I don't even care. No, I mean, like the, no, no, I 
No, I don't. I can't remember. There was like, um, oh, Antifa. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh, look at the enemy. You know, blah blah blah. So yeah. Whereas there's no like with art and video, there's no clear because it's make believe because it's like there's no the moral fiber of it is washy and strange and we don't know. And that's the point of art. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to make you, I mean, if anything, that kind of art, the weird gory art is supposed to remind you of your humanness the same way that watching something terrible on CNN, you know, yeah, is going to remind you, except it does it, like you said, in a, an entirely less traumatic and, you know, uh, realistically harmful way. It's, it's, make-believe it's like but it's telling you about your body and telling you about the possibilities of existing in this world and the dangers of the world and and that kind of arms you in a way to understand these things and understand the world in, in a different way so it's entirely more healthy but yeah but you know we block we block it because of because they don't understand the morals of it they think that it because there is no like like watching the news we stand up for our rights under God, you know, fight against a common enemy, blah, blah, blah. But you watch a film, you know, it's, I don't know. It, they're n- that's not what's happening. So it confuses it and they don't know how to react to it. And I'm talking about cons- conservative people of that specific art form, whatever, whoever that is. Yeah. Don't know how to handle it and thus just be like, oh, it's it's evil, you know? Yeah. I don't I don't know if I explained that very well, but... Well, it it makes me think of like, have you read England's Hidden Reverse? No, I haven't yet. I I do know about that book, but I haven't read it. It's something I need to. It's good, and it's it was out of print for a long time, and mm. so it was getting like really expensive. Um, and then it, but it's back. It's back in print now, so you should people okay. can get it. Yeah, totally. but um, England's Hidden Reverse is a book uh, I mentioned, however long ago, in reference to Genesis Peorage from Driving Gristle. It's about um. British industrial music in the 1980s, specifically Nurse with Wound, Coil, Current 93. I'm drawing a complete blank if there's a fourth, but I think it's just it's just about the three of those bands. Mm. So in England's Hidden Reverse, uh, I, I think that this is in the intro. They they re- uh, David Keenan brings up um, something that John Balance, the, the singer of Coil, said about when. And forgive me if I've said this on the show before, but like that, Balance was saying that when he was a kid. You know, he was terrified of the dark. He grew up in, you know, some smaller, on the edge of some town or something where it was really dark at night. And, you know, no streetlights. And so that he was just like deathly afraid of, of the dark and that his parents would always try to reassure him. You know, they'd whatever, like, we'll leave a light on for you. Or, you know, John, there's, you know, no, 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 you know, the light's coming back. You know, it'll be morning soon. Or they would always go like that, which, you know, it's very nice, but they, they, oriented it always towards this, like, we understand that you're afraid of the dark, focus on the light. Mm. And he said that, like, it never worked, that it just made him, like, miss the light more or it made him more aware of the absence of light, whatever it was. And so he said, like, he decided one night, like, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to go, I'm going to, like, sneak out. I'm going to go into the woods and I'm going to find the darkest place that I can and I'm just going to wait. Mm. And so he did, he, you know, he climbed out his window or whatever, walked through, you know, down the lane into the woods, found some hollow under branches on a moonless night or, or something. And that he, he sat down and basically just, he said like, 
I was, you know, convinced like something, you know, I'm, the monsters are going to tear me apart. I'm going to, yeah, I'm never coming back from this, but I have to find out. And that, of course, that didn't happen. You know, he was fine. But that his conclusion was something to the effect of, like, it's made me a bit more worried about the light. You know, mm. that he's like, I'm not so sure about our orientation towards the light. Yeah. That more light and more illumination and all that is always the best move. Yeah. And so in our sort of continuing theme of, like, you know, the the exciting, you get to your mid to late 30s and the exciting thing you're fixated on is balance. Um, where you start to say like, yeah, I think light and dark are both a part of it. And yeah. that if if you're so scared of the dark, then you become unhealthy, you have a, start to have an unhealthy relationship with the light. And if right. you're so scared of the light, you have an unhealthy relationship with the dark, like whatever, but that you need to kind of have both. Yeah, right. And so that's where I where I think like I guess basically my I mean this is where I'm uh always thankful that nobody actually I don't actually have to make any kind of policy and make decisions for anybody. <laughs> um but where I I do tend to feel like, you know, oh there are definitely things that I think are um there are definitely things that I think are harmful. Even in even in the realm of art, there are definitely records and books and movies and things where I would be like Fuck that book. Yeah. You know, fuck that movie. Mm. But it just never goes far enough into me actually wanting to like mobilize people to like yeah. get rid of that book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just, my, yeah, my thing, I, I don't like, to, I don't want to get rid of most, much of anything because I think it's always been here. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, what am I going to get rid of? The essence of this thing that's like sort of immortal. It's just human nature, you know? So like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Wyatt, you can give a man a fish <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or you could give the man cannibal holocaust <laughs> and teach the man how to do video nasty films and then but yeah no i mean you really just like teach him how to handle this shit you know and yeah like the the john balance thing about him going into the forest like seems totally awesome because it's it's one of those things first of all where like in culture i understand what he's saying about questioning the light now because in culture we're, we're always just like well the light is safe and we're like okay well yeah just go into the light if you go out into the dark forest you could get murdered um, by a number of anything you know by either animals or spirits or nasty people or whatever you know because you can't see you can't defend yourself you know so yeah you know you're probably gonna die just don't do it and then we just don't question it we're like yeah well it makes sense i know firsthand that i can't see visibly my my visible field is reduced so there's evidence that what they're saying culture is saying is true so i'm just not going to question it i'm just not going to go out you know? uh but he did he chose to do it and this is this is why i think art is important because it gives you the option to be like you can go sit in that dark patch of the forest and it might be scary it might be terrifying and I'm not going to say that it is or isn't, but it's available to you. Have you tried it? You know, and then you go and you experience that, and and then you have this completely. You're like, wait a second, what is light now? You know, and that's I, that's what I, I think. That's art in a nutshell, right? Like that's 
what all this stuff is supposed to do for us. Uh, well, and from a like, I I don't necessarily think that I don't necessarily think that art always has to teach people things, but mm. sometimes it sometimes it does. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. And in this case of like going out into the dark, like the way you, the way you're framing it is like, well, yeah, there's there are legitimate reasons, like but like a hardwired like biological reasons to be scared of the dark, which is that our eyes don't work as well at night, and you know we have this memory of predators, you yeah. know of big hairy animals in the woods that can eat us. So if you're in the woods and it's really fucking dark, it's fair to be right. scared of it. But if you, so then, you know, whatever you get generations of that, you have, you know, your parents say, don't ever go into the dark woods. Well, why not? Well, because you're not gonna be able to see anything and there's, there might be scary stuff out there. Well, the way that you're going to find out is by going the way that you're going to improve your night vision is by going out at night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you come straight from a super bright room out into the darkness, it looks so much darker than it does versus when you've been in the dark for a while. Yeah. When you've been on a night hike. Yeah. You know, and you know flashlight or something and you start to see like, wow, you know, the, the moon and the stars actually light stuff up way more than I thought they would. Yeah. Or even when you're just in a, in a fully dark room and you start to realize after a while, like, I can still see stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so there, there from from the angle of this even teaching you something, there is a part of this that's like, look, daytime in the middle of a city, there are so many things that can kill you in the middle of the day, in the middle of a populated city, ranging yeah. from, you know, uh, murderers to a car to just I walked out into the street. Well, that's the fun, that's the funniest thing. Like, how how many times today have I used my eyes? to actively avoid death. <laughs> Probably a lot. A lot. I crossed the street like and I like a couple hours ago, you know, and cars were coming and I remember one car honked and I was like this fucking dude honking at me, you know, like but I ran across the street, you know, into oncoming traffic like driving a car, going up and down stairs, I don't know. There's yeah, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Using knives in the kitchen or like Right. Not slipping in the shower, like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's right. all kinds of stuff, <laughs> right? That can that can kill you, and the but the way that it's like, would you tell? You know, I mean, whatever. Neither of us is parents, so who knows? But like, would you tell a kid like, don't ever go out during the day because if you go out during the day, you could get hit by a car or you could, you know, trip and fall down into the river and drown or something like that. Yeah. Well, well no. You say, I'm going to show you how to cross the street. Right. I'm going to, let's familiarize you with the world. And yeah. that seems like something we've, we do during, as regards the light, you know, the daytime, the, the whatever it is. Yeah. That we say, okay, sure, there's all kinds of dangers, but we have to get used to them. And if we get used to them, we learn how to spot them, then we can better avoid them. Right. But then, then there's this whole other category mm. that is kind of, is the night in this metaphor or whatever it is. That is like the stuff that then, for some reason, that logic just departs, and people say, "No, just don't ever look over there." Yeah, just don't don't apply the same logic to that because it's too scary or something right. like that. Right. And it feels like maybe it is, but isn't the way to find out? Yeah. Shouldn't we find out? Yeah, you'll if you watch that or whatever, you'll go insane. You'll be corrupted. You know. You'll, there's no going back. There's no going back from it. You're going to lose your mind or something like that. You know? um, yeah. Which is 
pretty much the plot of that mo- the movie, kind of here. Um, yeah. This has been the Modern Rubbish Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Modern Rubbish Podcast, and you can find show notes, links, and more at modernrubbish.ca. If you enjoy what you heard, please give us a five-star rating, and feel free to reach out to us via email at modernrubbishpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, if you'd like to help support what we do, you can become a patron on Patreon, or you can make a donation via Ko-fi. This podcast is a labor of love, and all of your support means the world to us. Well, uh, it, so if you're listening to this, <laughs> that's the only time that's ever oh, happened, yeah. dude. That's hilarious. If you're listening to this, uh, what is this? Wait, this is FaceTime. We're on FaceTime, and FaceTime just gave me a huge thumbs down bubble. <laughs> that's never happened. Now it gave me a thumbs up. Thumbs nice, up. Like thanks. you get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god. So it was like, nah, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, I wow. I guess I guess FaceTime tells me that I am incorrect in my assumptions here. <laughs> <laughs> That's, fucking... That's so weird. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, um, wow. But I am going to finish my... Fuck you, FaceTime. Yeah, no, go I'm going gonna, gonna to finish my statement.